The Language of Sacrifice, A New Kind of Mars. Most people would agree that this is proving to be a very strange Eastertide. But I wonder how many have been thinking about the language of sacrifice. Some have, obviously. There have been some profound reflections on the nature of Christ's sacrifice on the cross and how that affects each one of us. Others have been discussing the Eucharist, more specifically the possibility of online communion, though I think it would be fair to say that the language of sacrifice, if used at all, has tended to be more about the experience of deprivation for the would-be communicant than what I, as a Catholic, would instinctively link to the Mass. Then, of course, there has been the popular use of sacrifice in relation to the work being done by healthcare professionals, especially where loss of life has been involved during the current COVID-19 pandemic. I'm not undervaluing any of this, but I confess to a growing unease which was crystallised a few days ago after learning that one of our oblates in the USA had been subjected to a reckless and unprovoked invasion of her business space by someone who regards COVID-19 as a hoax. No one is happy about the restrictions placed on everyday life in an effort to stem the tide of COVID-19 infections, but most people are taking them seriously and cooperating generously. Those who don't are placing others at risk, but I'd like to understand why they are doing so. Why are a significant number of people choosing to flout regulations designed to protect them and the rest of society from the worst ravages of COVID-19. I don't think they can all be dismissed as stupid. Some, after all, are highly intelligent and well-educated, unusually selfish. Attributing moral failure to others is always tricky. Many would argue that they wish to protect their families by going to their second homes or whatever, or even blessed with overweening self-confidence in their own interpretation of everything from statistics to epidemiology. But perhaps a few have still to learn what sacrifice means and the value it has for us all. The Easter season ought to be a good time for reflecting again on that. As soon as one says that, one runs into a problem. In the West, we have become individualistic and consumerist in our approach to life in general. And that affects how we think, as well as how we behave. The smartphone and the internet have given us choice, but they have privatised that choice in a way unthinkable 30 years ago. We can watch what we want, when and how we want, rather than relying on a broadcast or a cinema showing. We can buy a single music track, rather than a whole recording. We can restrict our reading to those whose views correspond to our own more easily than ever. And we can voice our own opinions, no matter how crazy, for free almost everywhere. That awareness of choice and our freedom to exercise it has carried over into other areas of life. Better transport means that we are no longer locked into the parish system in the way we once were. 
we can travel to a church we find more congenial. And if one Sunday we don't feel like getting the car out, there's probably a live stream we can watch instead. It's no accident that those who argue for the permissibility of abortion in any circumstances have campaigned under the slogan of a woman's right to choose. Freedom and choice may have become absolute values for some, but is their enjoyment and exercise dependent on the individual or on the group? We're back to elementary classes in political theory. Can we be free if we do not have a society around us that promotes, and if necessary, protects that freedom? Can we have choice unless there are alternatives? And what happens if some choose differently from us? How do we show care and compassion? What does the renunciation of some good or other actually mean? Freely to give up something one prizes for the sake of a greater good is a very difficult thing to do. It means giving up one's sense of entitlement, one's sureness about how things ought to be. And it is only in the West that we have that luxury. I read the other day that there are approximately five intensive care unit beds per million of population in the continent of Africa. In Europe, the figure is nearer 4,000. It is easier to make a stand on a matter of principle when there is a safety net to catch one should one fall. Those claiming that their civil liberties are being infringed by the COVID-19 restrictions are right. They are being curtailed, but for a reason, the common good. And that is where it becomes necessary to understand why sacrifice is part of human life, not just religious life. Without sacrifice, without the free, conscious renunciation of some private good, society as a whole suffers. If, for example, we do not agree to the payment of taxes, the sacrifice of some part of our income, we cannot expect publicly funded education, health care, or any of the services we identify as necessary to our well-being. If we do not sacrifice some personal good, such as our presumed right to say what we like when we like, we may seriously wound or even harm others, think slander and defamation. For the religiously inclined, this ought to be easier to grasp, but I don't think it always is. For example, during Holy Week, there was a lot of emoting in social media about being deprived of the Eucharist because the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales had given instructions about Mass which meant that its celebration had to take place behind closed doors without a congregation present. It was and is hard for all of us. But if we concentrate on our own loss and our own sense of deprivation, I think we miss the point. The Mass is one with the sacrifice of Calvary, one with Christ's self-giving on the cross. It is where our understanding of sacrifice begins, not ends. That, I think, is why for the Christian, the language of sacrifice
can never be limited to what we do in church, but must have a larger context. Whatever any of us sacrifices is never a purely individual act, a matter of personal choice alone. I'd say that the people who are worrying about the survival of their jobs and the businesses they have built up are doing more sacrificing than those of us who are being shielded behind closed doors. Those working in hospitals or other frontline services, keeping the rest of us supplied with the necessities of life, are sacrificing hugely, sometimes at the cost of their own lives. I'd add that those dying without the sacraments, those mourning the death of someone they love without a proper funeral, are experiencing the closure of church buildings and the restrictions on clergy in a uniquely sacrificial way. So it goes on. We can name endless groups of peoples or individuals who are being required to sacrifice something precious to them. Sometimes we talk about sacrifice in abstract terms, forgetting that it can hurt, that the pain is deeply felt. We have to trust, as Jesus did on the cross, that the results will be worthwhile. But it is trust that is involved, not a problematic certainty of the kind often alluded to in the mantra of our times, let's follow the science. I hope it is not going too far to suggest that today, throughout the world, a different kind of mass is being celebrated. A mass in which human loss and pain are caught up into the sacrifice of Christ on the cross with an intensity most of us have not known before. Let us pray that we may be equal to what is asked of us and take our part, never forgetting that Christ's sacrifice leads ultimately to victory and everlasting life.